Jackie. And I'm Candice. Welcome to WTF. Women Talk Finance. Our WTF podcast will take a simplified approach to finance. And we talk about investing, a topic we believe women don't talk enough about. We'll discuss common financial questions and challenges that women face in business and throughout their personal lives. I'd like to give a quick disclosure before we begin our conversation. This overview is for informational purposes only. We might include some projections and those should not be relied upon for the purpose of investing. Past performance is not indicative of future results and any investments we mention are meant for accredited investors only. And any offer can only be considered upon review of a prospectus and relevant offering documentation. So please keep this in mind as we move through this overview and remember that these are our opinions only. Hey, just you and me today, babe. Hey. (laughs) So we are having a really intimate conversation today, which I think it's it's very fitting that it's you and I because it's this is a deep conversation. Um, The topic we're talking about is abortion. That's a heavy Mm -hmm. conversation, and. I think we have our individual views. We have our personal beliefs about abortion. I am very pro-choice. This conversation is, our, our podcast is Women Talk Finance. It's fitting that we talk about the economic and financial impact uh, reducing access to abortion has on not just women, this isn't just a women's issue, but on the economy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the little little context here, most of us are familiar with the case Roe v. Wade. And there has been a leaked draft of a court opinion. And Chief Justice John Roberts has said that's not our the court's official opinion, but the draft is authentic. Political leaked that. So it is, you're right. We're in the midst of kind of a a sensitive topic. And what I love about chatting with you is I am pro-choice as well, but I have a lot of friends and family members that may feel wildly different and I am comfortable with that. My beliefs are my beliefs, yours are yours, but you're right. That emotional feeling and position aside, there is a huge economic component here. So let's break that down. Let's talk through that. What does it mean economically if Roe v. Wade were to be overturned, meaning women would not have the same or any access to abortions. Let's chat through that. The really large scale economic impact on our country is in the billions. I think you have the stat on that. Uh, According to Reuters, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says, Ending abortion access would be very damaging to the U.S. economy and women. And specifically, Fortune.com put out an article that provided this statistic. The Institute for Women's Policy Research estimates that current state-level abortion restrictions cost the U.S. about $105 billion, that is with a B, $105 billion, annually due to reduced earnings levels, increased job turnover, and time off. If Roe is overturned, that cost will get significantly higher. That takes this from being what I keep hearing as, oh, it's this is a women's issue. This is not a women's issue. This is a significant economic issue. 
the the other kind of shocking things going back to what it does to women, but how that Im- impacts the economy. I mean, this really increases that poverty inequality. The the statistics are really alarming what it does for women. Um, you know, already about half the people seeking abortions live below the poverty line. Five years after being denied an abortion, they're four times more likely to live below the poverty line. There's an increased relationship to bankruptcy, evictions, lower credit scores. Um, that is, you know, pretty significant. And I think when we think about uh, or when we talk about living below the poverty line and poverty, right, poverty in air quotes, what I'm doing here, we think of different countries. We don't think is the United States. We don't think of the United States as having that type of poverty that we associate with other countries. We do, though. Poverty is a very real thing here. And if women do not have access to abortions, they cannot finish their education. Often the demographic that seeks abortions is already low income. It completely hinders their future job prospects and their opportunities. And then that poverty that we're talking about here in our own country occurs both for the mother and the child. And children living in poverty breaks my heart. Absolutely. And this isn't just a small number. The 26 states that, um, you know, are really considering heavier restrictions, that's 36 million women. 36 million women. That is a huge, huge impact. And access to safe abortions keeps women from falling into poverty. That is just... That, that's what we're seeing. Safe abortions keep women from falling into poverty. That is a huge portion of our workforce. Women represent 57% of the workforce. And they are greater than 57% of our college graduates. So that impact on a huge chunk of our population as a country, 36 million women having this reduced access to safe abortions, that's that's significant. Well, and I want to go back to what you said about, you said this is not just a woman's issue. I would invite anyone to think of it as a progress issue, having pride in your country. What year is it? We want to be moving forward, right? It is 2022. Human rights, women's rights, rights for everyone. It's a big global topic. I do not want the United States to be a stain on the global map, a stain of embarrassment, where we are taking steps backward. If you are removing this type of demographic from furtherance in education, furtherance in the workforce, and we've talked about the economic impact, think about what that does to our country's advancements. We are not able to move forward and match the progress of other nations. Absolutely. I mean, this is taking us decades, decades in the back. I mean, we are going way, way back. And I mean, Bloomberg just did a really interesting article on it. And basically it, it, it says, it says exactly, this is not good for the economy. It removes women from the labor market and they have limited resources. And this really impacts this, this impacts women. We know it impacts men. It does. And, and that, that's just truth. But women of color, oh my goodness. And that is, that can't be overlooked. Um, women of color are disproportionately affected 
No, I'm going to move away from statistics for a second. And apologies, because I, I, I use big metaphors and it's like, okay, you're exaggerating. That's ridiculous. But the way I think of it is like, okay, we are sitting here. Everyone's attached to a smartphone or an iPhone. You can have meals delivered to your door. We just made it through a pandemic where everyone got their tech setups and they've been working from home. The world is changing. Why in this specific area would we act like it's 1940? Why would we go backwards? And we're already kind of behind on the global stage in this space. We have one of the high, I think we have the highest maternal death rates in the developed world. I mean, that's that's crazy to me. So it's risky already in the United States to have a baby. Um, it that that to me is I'm like, whoa, let's let's solve that one. <laughs> if you guys want to save lives. That's a great place to start. <laughs> Let's deal with the maternal death rate. Um, but it's also very costly to have a child in this country. Just the cost of actually having a baby, giving birth, is between $4,300 and $5,200. A lot of people can't just, they just can't afford that. So we're already... That's the cost of the birth. <laughs> just Talk the birth. About the cost of raising a child. That's just the cost. Fun fact, my child is 16 months old. I have, I, I just wrote another check because I had still had some that my insurance squabbling over still needed to just send $2,000. I just wrote the check. For the birthing moment. Birthing of my child who has already celebrated her first birthday. Well, $2,000. guess what? She's with you for 18 years, my friend. Right. You're going to write those checks for a long time. And you've got the ability to do so. I do. It didn't take me that long to I mean still two thousand dollars is a lot to be like oh gosh that could that is crippling money that is crippling to have to spend that much money so already we're strapping them with this incredibly huge amount of debt on top of it Uh, this was another fantastic point I love it being cast this way if you don't have control over your reproductive life you don't have control over any aspect of your life, including economic opportunity. We aren't equal if we don't have body autonomy. I mean, that's just just it at the end of the day. We are not equal. And then we're not equal in any aspect of our life at this point. You know, we're that is that's a difficult pill to swallow. Um, I, I wanted to just kind of highlight one more thing. This this was a, a quote from quartz.com. If U.S. states reduce access to abortion without providing support like paid family leave and child care, we're really putting that economic burden of caring for children on women. This economic burden, you know, as we know, is the motherhood penalty, and it hinders women's overall well-being. We've had so many conversations about this pre this leak, pre this pre this actually coming almost to be, right? There's already this penalty for motherhood. There's already women leaving the workforce. There's already uh, amazing uh, benefits that are that are kind of being stripped away. And so this is kind of one more nail in that coffin. And we we aren't doing anything to fix it on the other side. I want to just give another... Um, like equivalation, we've talked about the great resignation, right? Let's think about that. Are you, or is, it, or is anybody that you know, impacted by the great resignation? 
We have seen tons of small businesses that just can't keep staff or can't keep employees. Everywhere, signs everywhere. We're short-staffed. Please be patient with us. We're short-staffed. The, the world is tilting and changing, and I think we've seen an economic impact and a business-wide impact on the great resignation. Now, amplify that. How much loss of talent would there be? How much decreased spending, decreased taxable income for governments if we lose numbers like this of women that have to leave the workforce because they are forced into a parenting situation that they would not otherwise choose? This economic impact still isn't even clear to us. I think that's the scary part is it's still not even clear to us what it'll look like. But I think the overwhelming majority are saying, oh, it's not good. This is admittedly um, a painful social issue for some. But I would just encourage the listeners to you know, use this as an open invitation. It's an opportunity to kind of recast it a little bit and say, okay, this issue does not exist in a vacuum for various reasons you can feel one way or another. But it is clear that the economic impact of this is something that we do have to think hard about. I strongly believe women deserve education. I strongly believe women deserve a spot in the workforce. And I strongly believe that all of us are benefited by that. Men and women alike, families, children, our aging population. Everyone is benefited by education. Everyone is benefited by talented people in our workforce. And everyone is benefited. Our, Our economy is benefited by those with purchasing power that can go out and spend their dollars. So it's a big issue. It is, yeah. And I appreciate... People taking the opportunity to listen, I realize it it is a hot button issue. It's one I feel passionately about. Um, And I, you know, sorry for the rambling of statistics on this, but I think it was a really powerful conversation to see the statistics of just the, the top layer of what this could really do to our economy and to, to really individual women and their bottom line at the end of the day. Yeah. And going back to our goal with this podcast is to normalize conversations around money and other hard things. Right. So I appreciate that you and I can sit here. If we had differing views, I would still appreciate that we could sit here and just be open ears for each other. And, you know, I would encourage our listeners to find someone in their life that they can have open, honest um, communications with, even if it's a little difficult sometimes. And it might be on an issue that you disagree about, but there's there's a lot to converse about here. And co- the conversation's important. Thank you for sharing part of your day with us. Please hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date with the WTF Women Talk Finance podcast. Email us with questions, suggestions, or just say hi at media at rowcapitalgroup.com. Again, thank you for listening to WTF Women Talk Finance podcast. Every day you hear about people making money by investing in IPOs and startups. But what about you? These kinds of investments are simply not available to Main Street investors. At Rowe Capital Group, we are committed to providing access to strategic, early stage, primarily low market correlated investment opportunities. Accredited investors go to rowcapitalgroup.com for more information. Rowe Capital Group, empowering your financial journey.